Hello, what is up, everyone? Welcome to Roll Up, the official Phil Singer Games podcast. We are here with episode six. I am your host, Sam Fain. I am joined, of course, by Todd Gershel and Mike Molesky. Guys, how are you doing tonight? Doing great. Fantastic. Mike, how about Fantastic you? Fantastic and glad, glad, oh, glad to be here, Sam. Great, great night. Glad to be here. Excellent. I am glad to hear that. Well, we have a lot of news and we're going to go in depth with Uncharted Territories Legends of Wrestling Draft. So let's waste no time and get to the opening bell. We're going to kick off with some news just hot off the press. And I'm going to kick it over to Mike Molesky. You have some interesting news to share with us here tonight, today, whenever people might be listening. Well, you know, I mean, as the old saying in the wrestling business goes, cards subject to change. And I think we've decided here to make a little bit of a change to the release schedule. And I think we're going to push back Future Shock, which I know is a bit disappointing to some people. But I, I want to be, you know, I think we're really excited about this. I think, you know, based on the reaction we've gotten to um, FTR in terms of the, the suspects storyline, uh, I think we may make some changes there with Promoter Prime. We, we're going to we're looking at what's happening with Origins as well as with Future Shock 2117. And I think we're going to change this up and push the uh the future shock release back a little bit just to sort of you know provide a better story for everybody as they go forward i think i i think fans are going to be uh really enjoy the the whole saga i think it's going to make the the summer uh very interesting well i will be the voice of the fans for a moment oh man However, <laughs> I am super excited that we have something to look forward to this fall now with Future Shock. Uh, obviously, I know a lot of people were excited about it coming sooner rather than later. But, um, you know, whenever it comes to us, I'm sure it's going to be a remarkable addition to the game line. And I can't wait to see what you have in store for us. So, um it's 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 not it's not even really bittersweet news. It's just it's just we're pushing off the sweetness. Really, is all that it is. You know, we're just we're just we're we're delaying the pleasure, what, if you will. <laughs> well, well, here's the good news, Sam, is that it gives me extra time to cook up a few extra goodies for everybody. So this is a, you know, it, 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 I, I've actually looked at this as a as a way. There's a couple other things that I thought about throwing in that might be a little bit more interesting for folks. So that, that we'll, I'll use the time wisely. Fantastic. You know, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm just, like I said, I, I, it's, a, it's a little bit of a bummer, I'm sure, for a lot of us that we're looking forward to it here at the end of May. But uh, at the same time, you know, now the anticipation can build all summer long, which is exciting. Sam, it's going to be a great release. Uh, you know, Origins is going to be great. Everything we got going on with FDR is great. I think people are just going to I, I, there's going to be plenty for people to enjoy. We're just changing the order, basically. Yeah. That's all this yeah. is changing the order yeah. up a little bit. So I think it, I think it's going to be awesome. Excellent. Excellent. Well, that is great to hear. You're, you're the man with the pencil. So uh, I'm going to take your word for it. And uh, I, I appreciate you sharing that news with us here on Roll Up. Um, I'm sure there'll be more news to come in particular about uh, FTR and, and all the other great releases that people can expect uh, come the end of May. So uh, we're, we're looking forward to that. And um, yeah, so let's let's go ahead and jump to our next piece of news, which at this point is, you know, is, is, is uh, a few days old. But uh, <laughs> not not so old that it doesn't matter. And that, of course, is the official announcement of Gary Michael Capetta, the world's most dangerous announcer, being added to the Legends of Wrestling ringside personnel pack. Um, uh, we saw that new artwork from Warner, which is fantastic. Todd, tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so uh, you know, we, for the ringside personnel pack, uh, we definitely needed a ring announcer in there. And uh, Gary Michael Capetta, former Galacticon uh, guest, uh, he did uh, do an entrance for me, uh, which was a huge highlight of Galacticon uh, over the years for me. Never did one for me, though. I never got him to do one for <laughs> you me. You didn't make it to the finals so, of the trivia contest that year. What can I tell you? You know, oh, <laughs> you know I just, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you, I'm just trying to let people know just what a big deal you are. Oh, well, I guess thank that's you. my thank point, you. Todd. You, you're a big enough deal to have been introduced by Gary Michael Cabetta. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, he, he had a black and white card uh, back uh, you know, in the original uh, Legends line, so it only made sense to have him as our ring announcer here for the uh, Color Legends line. Excellent. Yeah, I, I love the artwork. Uh, I think that it's, you know, it's one of those cases where, um, you know, we it, it's, well, comparison may indeed be the thief of joy. Uh, in this instance, it's almost impossible not to compare, you know, the black and white artwork with the color artwork. And this is just yet another example of, you know, of, of seeing just another great example um, of Warner's art and, and a great example of color artwork for the Legends line. Um, Mike, any thoughts about this particular uh, announcement or, or the card art? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm just stoked about it. I think, you know, having met um, Gary Mugpeta at, at uh, Galacticon, he, he's a very gracious guy, you know, glad to have him in the game, glad to be able to bring him into color. Uh, I think he, he thought it was pretty cool. I think he saw it on Twitter or something. Yeah. He, he had, yeah. uh, had seen it. I think he thought it was it was cool, which is always nice to see that, that, that the subject of the art appreciates the rendition. And, um, you know, I, I think that, I'm really excited about this set because it's something we've never done before, like ever at Phil Singer Games, really, is to put out a set that's just dedicated to sort of this, uh, I'll call it the support staff, but right? Because, but if you go to a, a real, you know, a live wrestling match, these are all, you know, the ring, the people around the match are, are important. You know, mm-hmm. they help set up the match, they help, co- you know, provide color for the match. They, 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 you know, they give a lot to the business and they're not always recognized for it. And, and so I think this is neat that we're able to do just this little four pack and we're going to be emphasizing four different areas. I think Todd, right. Four different areas. Yeah. Four different areas, including support. one where I don't think we've ever really addressed before uh, too. So. Not in this that, way. That no, I agree. It, it, it's, it, it's a, yeah, I, I think that, and, and not to be vague and whatnot, but you know, a little teaser, right. We're, we're teasing. It's teaser teasing. season. That's right. I, I think, I, I think, I, I think that, um, you know, we've got, um, you know, I would say, Todd, correct me if, if I'm wrong, but we've got two cards that are, I'll say, re- redos of black and white yeah. and two cards yeah. that are new um, yeah. from uh, for Legends. And the two new cards, I don't think we've ever done anything quite like either one of them, but one of them in particular is very different from right right uh, one is very very different and i think it's gonna be a lot of fun we've already kind of cooked up some cool ideas of what's gonna go on that card uh probably in about two weeks we'll maybe talk a little bit more in depth about that right and and i'm and i'm very proud i'm very proud that i had a very unique idea for this card that todd liked and not even that chad and Corey both said they like now Tim Dalton has remained neutral on this so far. So I, I'm <laughs> waiting to hear what Tim Dalton has to say, but I think the idea is pretty good. If, if I can't wait, T- Tim Dalton will say acceptable idea and it'll be the highest praise you could possibly get. Right. If, if, if I get acceptable out of Tim Dalton, I'll just retire. I think at that there point. you go. <laughs> that, that may be the pinnacle. 
it's the it's the accountant brain um man i yeah i'm super excited i cannot wait until folks see what's coming uh may the 7th um again card subject to change but may the 7th should be the date (laughs) that uh people are going to get a proper look at some of the new stuff that's getting cooked up and uh, i think people will be really really excited um for that uh back to gary michael capetta just for a second you, you know in the spirit of teaser season um do we yet know if the back of the card will be any different from the black and white card might there be some new instructions or, or any different uh, layout at all definitely be updated just like all of our other um conversions i'll call it from sure. black and white to color um there, there's always some tweaks and changes um i i won't you know some some of the cards just like the i'll say you know the two updates in this uh four pack will have you know the adjustments will be, you know, varying between their black and whites. You know, some, one will be probably a little bit more drastic than the other, but, but you know, we, we're going to update all of them just because we want to give people something, you know, a little distinctive. We, we've learned a lot since we did these right. black and white cards. Absolutely. Uh, well, that's always something to look forward to, uh, in my opinion, as well as just seeing the little differences and, and, and those little changes in the growth of the system overall. And uh, there's just been some really, really cool stuff. You know, I, I've been rolling out quite a few Legends cards lately myself and, and, and just seeing the way that, you know, a new card like the Gordon Soli card and the post-match and pre-match interviews has just added so much texture to my Fed, but also still going back and using like a black and white card like the Gary Michael Capetta card or other black and white, you know, ringside personnel cards, if you will. Um, um, so it's so it's exciting to to know that you know there will be those little updates, those little tweaks, and 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 the nice thing is, is in my opinion, the other thing is, is that it it makes that black and white card still you know have a lot of value too. We're not just replacing stuff. We're not just saying like throw out your black and white card; it's no longer worth anything. A, it is because it's very collectible. But B, also you know there's there's some really cool uh, uh, differences stat wise that you might prefer and you might want to you know might want to go back and use. So. Um, I know that I'm never going to retire those cards, if you will. Uh, also, on the Indies side, we have the announcement for the Clout Cutter, the Sauce God, the Acid Cup 3 winner, Jordan Oliver, is joining the best of the Indies 2021. Um, great artwork, again, by uh, Warner. Just just looks fantastic. Um, you know, and, and Jordan Oliver is an interesting, I think, character on, on the, the Indies circuit. He, he kind of has uh, a very split... Uh, uh, fandom, you know, some people think that he's the next coming, and then others think that he's, you know, just just terrible. And and uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's interesting to see that because you know I think that he's extremely talented, and one of the things that's incredible about him is if you go back and watch some of his matches, you know, from a couple of years ago, compare them to the matches that he's wrestling today, the growth that he has had. Not not that he wasn't still showing that talent and, and pulling off some really cool stuff in the ring, but like his growth over the past couple of years has been amazing. And he's absolutely one of those guys that you can kind of, you know, hang that Indies banner on and, uh, you know, uh, akin to like a Lee Moriarty or Daniel Garcia or one of those other names is really kind of carrying that Indie banner um, at that in that age group. So a uh, great addition to the game. Todd, anything to add about Jordan Oliver? Yeah, so uh, yeah, definitely a guy that we wanted to have in there. Uh, another uh, guy that Zeke met up with, um, and uh, we got for the game there. Um, I, I think people who are into a couple different types of uh, indie wrestling will get some use out of him. I know he's made, you know, obviously at GCW, uh, he's a big factor there. He's done time in MLW. 
um, and, you know, and, and kind of all over the indie scene these days. Um, and also you can tag him with Myron Reed from the IWTV set too, which is perfect. Great. Yeah. Another additional tag team to, to add in there. Uh, so yeah, very excited to have him. Uh, he did get a uh, preview of the art and absolutely loved it. So uh, yeah, always nice uh, when guys really are uh, big fans of the artwork too. Yeah. And he's one of those guys like, you know, other uh, uh, talented independent wrestlers, Lee already being another example, Danny Havoc, you know, rest in peace, being another example of guys that uh, have a hand in kind of creating their own merchandise and their own logos, their own brand. You know, he's got that artistic brain as well. And uh, so it's cool to hear that, that he liked that art. Mike, anything to add about Jordan Oliver? Well, no, I mean, I, I think that, you know, it's just great to have um, up and coming people like this. I mean, it's one of the beauties of, you know, it started with, um, the legends of the future product line years, years and years ago. Um, but, but, the, you know, I think Phil Singer games, really, we've really done a nice job of highlighting, you know, new up and coming people to the wrestling scene. And I, I think that, and, you know, to your point, maybe some people love, some people hate it, but I think everybody, you know, people know, and, right. and I think it's cool that, you know, we can, we can do a card for somebody like that and, and give, him a little bit more exposure with with a different group of fans. So I think I think it's it's always cool when you uh, when you get a name like that. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I'm very excited to have him in in the game. And and again, just kind of going back to, you know, really immersing myself in so much indie wrestling during WrestleMania weekend and still, you know, trying to watch as much as I can. Um, but but really just, you know, trying to dive in and, and expose myself to some promotions that I wasn't as familiar with and wrestlers that I wasn't as familiar with. And he was certainly someone that was on my radar before, uh, but seen his performance at the Acid Cup and and, and just you know, some of the, the crazy stuff that he did, but also just the solid wrestling, um, you know, put him, put him high on the list. So when I found out that he was coming to the game, I was very, very excited. Um, but you know, we're, we're not the only ones, uh, Phil Singer games that, that have something to say about who's coming to the game because the legends prime for quarter two of quote, of course has a promoter vote. Um, that was announced on the message boards, uh, just recently and, uh, have some very cool names to choose from. Um, and, and, and a rather wide birth of names. We've got seven names here, adorable Adrian Adonis, buff Bagwell, cousin Luke Conan, the nineties, uh, uh, you know, gangster version, uh, Scotty Riggs, uh, golden boy, Dan Spivey from his, uh, early eighties run in WWF and then Lord Zoltan. Um, Mike, what do you, what do you think of that list? Well, I mean, it's a heck of a list. I mean, I, I you know, the, the, uh, the one person I thought about not including on the list just to behind the curtain was, um, Scotty Riggs, just cause we already had one new name, but you know, it was one of those things. Yeah, let's put him in there. And, and obviously some people really like that. I think, you know, Danny Spivey is another one who people seem to be commenting on quite a bit. I think, you know, I mean, I mean, look, I'd, I'd like Conan or Buff Bagwell. You know, I mean, those those are a couple for me that are, are big. So we, we've got, um, you know, a lot of neat options there. You know, I know some people swear by adorable Adrian. So it's it, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. And I think the fact that, you know, I, I like setting it up as a blind poll so people can't really manipulate it. Right. You, yeah. you, you vote and you, you know, yes, you can see the comments in the um, in the chat, you know, sort of in, in, on the discussion board. But you can't really predict because you don't know who's snow, snowing you a little bit there. You know, there's there's a little mystery. Apparently, yeah. I'm the only one who knows at this point. You know, as, as <laughs> no, you, you know, I, I, 
I can actually see it too. But, oh, you can but, too. But, okay. Uh, I, didn't know if, I didn't know it was yeah, all moderators or not. Okay. Right. I, I'm assuming Chad can see it since he set up the poll. Um, I don't think he could because he asked me oh, how oh, really? it was going. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Good. Well, then you and I are the only ones who know, which yeah. is fantastic. And maybe <laughs> and maybe Jim Steele, then, which you know we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, he hasn't well, given away state. Hardcore Jim Steele. Uh, 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 yeah, I, I trust hardcore Jim Steele. Yeah, we, I agree. We, yeah, we, we'll, well, uh, uh, Todd, what about you? Uh, um, you know, obviously you don't need to disclose, uh, the, the poll results thus far or no, your... I can't at this but point. <laughs> I, am, I am curious. Well, I am curious. well actually I, I think Lord Zoltan's another dark horse in this. Like there's some people who really like their Lord Zoltan. I'm just going to say. So. No, I, well, Hey, I, you know, I want to hear what Todd has to say first, but, but I certainly <laughs> have some comments as well. So, uh, uh, go ahead, Todd. What, what do you have to say about the, the, the crop of wrestlers for the poll? I mean, some very interesting ones. Uh, you know, I'm probably um, of the names I'm probably most familiar with is probably, you know, uh, or, or watch the most of is probably Buff Bagwell and maybe some adorable Adrian Adonis. And, um, but yeah, some of the other guys, you know, I, I maybe have seen those. I haven't seen that much in the way of uh, the original Dan Spivey, you know, his early days. I didn't see much of that. I didn't see uh, any Lord Zoltan. So there's a couple of names that definitely ring a little bit truer to me there that I, I was, you know, kind of leaning towards i probably you know probably also you know with the scotty riggs probably would have preferred not to have that just because you know having the one brand brand new name versus you know some of the other ones that like remakes but you know at the same time in q1 we had three different kind of remakes of other color guys so you know having having a you know an opportunity of another new guy in there too probably isn't the worst thing in the world and i'm interested to see maybe some of the you know which one of these names are going to pop up in prime later on this year or early next year i'm sure there might be some of those too. Well, or, or five years from now, who knows? Might be 10 years until you see that card. So let's, yeah. let's go. You know, I mean, the, the thing is, is like, obviously patience is definitely a virtue when it comes to this, because I feel like you look at the list of names and there is no doubt in my mind, whether it is later this year, five years or 10 years, even as Mike is saying, you know, we're going to see these names like i i have no doubt in my mind i i feel like i can say that with a certain amount of certainty that that we will see all of these names released you know in in some way over the next you know decade and and hopefully that uh, elusive uh eddie kingston update as well i know there was some talk about that you know losing a poll we don't get that before the end of the year i walk no i'm kidding um no i i would love that i would love that but 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 the you know the thing is is that there's always room for especially on the indie side there are all sorts of folks that need to have uh or or you could make the argument need to have an update um and 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 then on the legend side, there are certainly guys that have those different personas that we want to see represented. Um, I think the, one of the things that's interesting to me is that with this particular crop of names, you have some guys that, um, you know, have a black and white card, but you have guys that have a black and white card that already represents the other side. You know, Buff Bagwell is out there. Cousin Luke is out there. The, you know, that, that nineties gangster version of Conan is out there. Um, you know, Lord Zoltan is available to us. The ones that are new really, when you think about it in terms of the persona or the card itself are adorable Adrian Adonis, Scotty Riggs and golden boy, Dan Spivey. Now that is in no way me saying that the other names don't deserve to be considered because they do. And I, I think that, you know, there are people that can make an argument based off of what they you know, want for their fed or what they just want to see in color, that all of these cards really have equal value. Um, 
And I think that, you know, it's interesting that with Spivey, for instance, that it's the golden boy, Dan Spivey. I love the fact that, you know, you've got a whole career to choose from. And yet we're going back to this very specific period in time um, when he, you know, in a lot of ways would work some of those, you know, B or C shows for WWF at the time and would get like, you know, some semi-main or main event spots and people were comparing him to Hogan because of the gear that he wore. He wore the yellow, he wore the red, he, you know, and, and he had the blonde hair and he was the big guy. Um, so it'd just be interesting to see how people might use him, you know, should he end up being being the, the choice. Um, obviously with somebody like Scotty Riggs and having that, you know, a new card. Uh, again, the, the interesting thing about that is, is Scotty Riggs is a guy that has had kind of multiple personas and we don't necessarily know which one we're going to get. You know, is this going to be the Scotty Riggs that teams with, you know, Marcus Alexander Bagwell? Is this going to be the, the eye patch wearing, you know, flock version of Scotty Riggs? Is this going to be the ECW version of Scotty Riggs? So it's really interesting to think that, you know, a vote for Scotty Riggs gives you the potential to still be surprised and not necessarily know which you know which version you're going to get uh and then of course there's adorable adrian adonis which i think is is something that people were um kind of you know immediately when adonis was announced you know last year people were immediately like adore you know we want adorable or do we want the adorable version maybe we don't and uh for me he's always held a special place because i you know growing up I was was a huge Hogan fan, but it didn't take much for me to cheer Roddy Piper. And and much to my shame and embarrassment, part of that is because of the cartoon, because there was something about like Piper on that cartoon that was so absurd. You know, he's he's supposed to be the bad guy. And yet he was always very funny, which is true of of his persona in the ring. Um, And 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 so I for some reason, I always liked him. I liked the car that he drove around and whatever. But uh, when Piper did make that face turn in WWF. And by the time they got to WrestleMania three and he had the match with Adonis, you know, I remember being very invested in Piper for that show. Um, you know, I think in some ways that was probably as, as, as young Sam, that was my favorite moment of the show. So uh, adorable Adrian will always kind of hold a special place in my heart, but I, you know, it's one of those situations, like I said, you can't really go wrong. Whoever you pick, we're going to get a great piece of art. We're going to get a good updated card and, you know, a brand new card and, and eventually we'll see the others. So it's just a question of how, how bad do you want it right now? And, uh, I know, I know, I know where my vote. You know, it's, it's funny. It's funny you say that, Sam, because part of me goes, you know, you know, if I was sitting on the sidelines and not part of this process, I would say, well, I would vote for an update because, you know, or or conversion because, you know, we're going to get the new guys, right. The new guys tend to come out in, in the sense, you know, but, I also understand people who don't want to wait. Right? Right. So they say, okay, let me get it. But, but there's, there's a certain element of like, if there's an update you want or a conversion you want, those are less likely to come out as quickly as a new guy. So it's sort of that, it's why, you know, it's, it's sort of an interesting test to see how people, you know, respond to it. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. It is, you know, and Conan is, is a great example of that for me because he's a guy that I really enjoyed during the 90s, you know, and I I, I liked his work yeah. style, I loved his work on the mic, and I just, you know, and so to have that version and to have that version in color, there's a part of me that's like, oh man, maybe that's where I should vote. And I love the fact that we can change our votes because I have honestly, like, I voted and, and, and that vote is still there, but I did at one point go in and unvote and thought about changing my vote. And then I was like, no, 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 I'm going to stick with who I originally voted for. But, <laughs> but, but the fact that we can change well, Conan, it. I, Conan was one of the more underrated guys on the mic in the 90s. I think. Oh, I think absolutely. He was awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, you know, the, the look, 
the LWO thing was never going to work because, you know, you just were kind of watering down something that was already watered down. That said, if it would have worked, like it would have been mostly because of the fact that he was the mouthpiece, you know? Um, but uh, no, I, 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 I dig him. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, if he, you know, if he does win, that's, that's fine. Um, I, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not going to say I didn't vote for him, but you know, I didn't vote for him. Uh, so, <laughs> So anyway, uh, I look forward to getting the results um, uh, when that does drop, which is, I believe, what is that, May May 9th? Is that when the, the polls close? I don't have that in front of me right now. Uh, completely it sounds unprepared. Right. It sounds right. I don't have it in front of me. But, uh, yeah, well, it's, uh, I mean, if, if, if you make me look it up, I'll look it up. But, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> um, so, so, somewhere, somewhere around there. Yeah, it is uh, May third. May third. I didn't want to. I didn't want to give people false hope. Man, if they would have waited until the ninth and then gotten voted, I would have ruined everything. <laughs> no, May third. Yeah, so this is the last podcast well, we before just, that. We'd have just blamed you. Right, exactly. Uh, and, and that's May 3rd at midnight. So I'm assuming really you want to get that vote in by May 2nd at 11.59. Um, head over to filsingergames.proboards.com. It's under the LOW main event tab. Uh, and you can, of course, see all the spots there um, for the 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 choices. Um, you know, make, make your voice heard. It, it is definitely, I know, come down to the wire before in some of these fan votes. So um, I anticipate that it could again. Um, it does seem that people are, are drumming up some comments conversation on there so um you know Todd, real quick I, just to go back to one because we were on the this question of you know things news items breaking on the show and everything i just want to give a shout out to kb real quick because he's asking on the discussion board about future shock now he's not going to get this message for another couple of days but i hear you <laughs> but the news is breaking now so just so we're clear on that right right uh yeah i you know um you are correct, by the way, uh, Todd, you just sent me a, a private message about Eddie Guerrero being the mouthpiece for LWO. And you were right. Uh, I it's, it's funny. I had recently listened to an interview. Well, not recently. It was actually about a year ago. Uh, we listened to an interview with Conan where he was talking about how he was supposed to it was supposed to be built around him and he was supposed to be the mouthpiece. Um, but uh, it was not. He was not actually the mouthpiece for the LWO. He was in the uh, Wolfpack, um, not uh, not the LWO. But anyway, um, so so yeah, make now your that we've voice heard. The record. Now that we've corrected the record, we'll, exactly. We'll... Yeah, one of those things, you know, when I'm listening to a podcast and there's something that doesn't seem right, I'm like, no, no, it's this. You know, I, you know, having it corrected on the podcast instead of waiting until next week is, you know, always you know preferable to me. So <laughs> I know I completely agree with you. I you know I I've done that on uh, my other podcast before where I've said something and then just been like, wait a minute, that's not right, and corrected myself. You know, within the podcast because I didn't want to have to like you know wait to do it in the next episode or whatnot. Um, you know, something else that I wanted to bring up in the opening bell because I thought it was very interesting and it's one of those things that you know when we get the opportunity to talk about the history of the game and the cards and, and little pieces of trivia, I want to bring it up. Something that was brought up recently on the message boards about uh, the COTG live event DVD and cards. Um, there was a, a promoter who uh, had some cards and, uh, you know, was curious as to what set they were from. Um, I believe that was Hexstar, H-E-X-X-S-T-A-R. Um, Todd, why don't you tell us a little bit about those cards? Because you were able to kind of provide a little bit of extra clarification. Um, I believe it was... Um, it was uh, answered by Emperor Norton originally, uh, or Troy, actually. Troy came came to it. But, um, but yeah, Todd, tell us a little bit about those cards. 
Yeah, so back, you know, back, uh, geez, how many years ago was this now? I guess we're talking uh, almost, you know, six and a half years ago at this point when we were doing the uh, Kickstarter to help fund the COTG live event. Uh, and uh, we uh, put it as one of the tiers, you know, create your own Champions of the Galaxy card. Uh, and there was a couple of people that, that that took us up on that and wanted to create a card and that helped you know, put some extra funds towards the, uh, towards the event. So we had a couple, uh, I think of a hand, about a, you know, six cards, I think that were created that were Kickstarter exclusives. Actually, we had a seventh card that was a Kickstarter exclusive. We did do uh, an exclusive uh, Omega card uh, with Stevie Richards in there, even though he didn't actually appear as Omega on the show. Uh, but we did have a couple other cards that were created uh, by a few folks. Pete Beck was one of them. Uh, Joe Nehas uh, did uh, a Chic Nehas card, uh, which was fun. Uh, yeah, so there's a couple of different cards that were included in that, uh, and uh, yeah, just limited just to people who who um, supported on Kickstarter. Then, nice, nice. Yeah, that's very cool. It's uh, that is one piece of Phil Singer Games history that I do not have, uh, believe it or not. But uh, certainly, I think um, you know any opportunity to pick those cards up uh, would be be special for any promoter who does not I might have a handful of loud and noxious ring announcer cards nice. uh, uh color ring announcer card that was in the live events i think we talked before uh, a couple weeks ago about the the uh the the, the different cards that you had the uh yeah. gavin, gavin loudspeaker loud the uh kaiju version of loudon and then the live event version i do have a, a couple of them so maybe we'll uh put one of those into the uh, auction. Uh, I think that summer. sounds like a great idea. That sounds good. <laughs> maybe we'll, um, maybe we'll use, hopefully have uh, Jack there to help uh, actually auction that one off personally. Then I'm hope, hopefully he'll show up for that. Nah, that would be very cool. Uh, you're speaking of fellow promoters and, and things on the message board. Just want to give a shout out to Lee, Matt, Troy, uh, Vegas, or Zeke, uh, TK, Shane, um, and Jay, as well as Navy Pharaoh um, and J Rose seven uh and of course our friend chad olson for the comments and and likes uh over on uh, episode five of roll up uh we had a great time talking to rob last week and talking about ftr and of course the announcements um yeah that reaction i had was real uh so <laughs> um looking forward of course to talking more ftr in the future um but for right now we are actually going to get to uh the next segment which is going to be a little draft talk about Uncharted Territories Legends of Wrestling Draft. So here we are for our analysis. Um, we're going to do this a little bit. We, we, we have some structure, but, but we're going to keep things free-flowing. So, we, you know, we want it to be a conversation, not just a presentation of facts. Uh, but I think that the best place for us to start, guys, is with round one uh, of the draft. Um, let's talk about round one, number one draft pick from Stu was Buddy Rogers. Mike, what are your thoughts on that pick? Well, I mean, you know, I think that one of the things with this as we look at this draft is you can't really argue about necessarily one versus two or two versus three. Like there's a sort of tiers of guys that you have to look at. And I think buddy Rogers clearly fits into that first tier of wrestlers. So whether he's your favorite or you have one of a number of other guys that some of whom we'll discuss, whether it's Randy Savage or somebody else who you would say is your number one, it's pretty hard to argue with this. It's a pretty solid pick. In my opinion. Yeah. Todd, your thoughts on buddy Rogers going number one. 
No, I think it makes a lot of sense. And, and just before we start going a little bit too much more, just want to say anybody who hasn't listened, make sure you listen to episode 27 of Uncharted Territory for the draft. It's also just being posted right now as we're recording this on the message board. So make sure you take a look at that and what's going on, uh, all the picks done by Stu, Chad, uh, Tim, and Corey, um, you know, for, for, for kind of setting up this, this kind of new playthrough that they're doing. Uh, but yeah, just kind of getting back to the question at hand, uh, Buddy Rogers, I mean, classic champion right there. I mean, the, you know, the, you know, the, the first WWF champion, you know, big name, you know, I think it's a, a no brainer for at least the first round pick, if not number one overall. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, interesting story about Buddy Rogers is that there were a number of times he was in contention to uh, win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, of course, the person that had the strangle hold on that title, no pun intended, was uh, Luthez. And Luthez had sworn to never lose a match to Buddy Rogers after Buddy Rogers made some derogatory comments towards Ed Strangler Lewis uh, on a car ride uh, that the two of them shared uh, from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, after a show and uh, Buddy Rogers made some comments about Ed Lewis that were not too nice. And he didn't know that it, that Ed Lewis was Luthez's uh, mentor. And so Luthez then uh, immediately told everyone that, you know, mattered and had a vote that he would never lose a match to Buddy Rogers uh, because of what he said. And he indeed never did lose a match to Buddy Rogers, even though there were a number of promoters pushing for Buddy Rogers to be NWA world heavyweight champion uh, a couple of times um, during, during Lutez's reign. Um, So, you know, eventually Toots Mott and Vince McMahon said, you know what, heck with it. We're going to make him our champion. And they did. Um, Buddy Rogers. Yeah. He's a great choice. Uh, I, I think that, um, if, if you're, if you know, if you're going to have uh, a number one pick, uh, much like Mike said, you've got a tier of guys that you can choose from that are going to make a great pick. Buddy Rogers uh, belongs in that tier, no doubt. The interesting thing too, uh, you know, that could be said is that when you're, when you're kind of building a promotion and you're getting to pick the wrestlers in this way, I feel like that number one pick really sets the tone for your promotion and says, you know, this is the promotion that I'm going to be. And I think by, you know, Stu picking Buddy Rogers uh, in number one, it, it really kind of just shows you that like, okay, you know, here's, here's one of my top guys this is a guy i'm going to help you know build my promotion around and let's face it you know for uh, the bulk of his career that, that that we are really aware and cognizant of he was a heel and so Stu, you know kind of going going that uh you know route of, of building the territory around a heel uh and and i i think that um it's a great idea and and buddy rogers is definitely the way to go uh, from, from heel to white meat, baby face, uh, and the number two pick Tim chose Jack Briscoe. Todd thoughts on Jack Briscoe. Yeah. It was nice to see Jack getting uh rank so high there. Um, yeah, I think great. Yeah. He wanted his big baby face and yeah, you can't get much better than, than Jack Briscoe there. Um, can't, can't argue with that again. Another guy, definitely, uh, the first or, you know, maybe lowest second round pick, but probably a first round pick. So glad to see him go that high. Mike, thoughts on Jack Briscoe? Yeah, I mean, he's clearly in that uh, top tier main event uh, status. I think nothing controversial about that pick at all. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think that one of the things that it kind of tells us early about Tim's uh, uh, idea for his promotion is, is maybe a little bit of like, you know, sportsmanship first, you know, the the idea of like keeping this legit, keeping this, you know, uh, this is a real sport and this is the athlete that I choose um, to, to kind of hold the banner. And uh, I, I can appreciate that. And it, and it differentiates things a little bit from maybe Stu's line of thinking, because, you know, Buddy Rogers, while being no slouch in the ring whatsoever, was certainly an entertainer, um, especially, you know, in the point of his career where I feel like his card really represents him and uh i think that that you know kind of helps to to maybe differentiate the promotions a bit that that our two head bookers here that we've mentioned so far are going for uh chad had the number three pick with macho man randy savage todd it's randy savage i gotta go to you first oh yeah (laughs) definitely can't argue with that one I, i was actually a little surprised i didn't know who would pull the trigger on on randy savage exactly when he would go you know i i know you know, a little bit, I know the guys here maybe have a little bit of a different, um, you know, thing that they grew up with. Uh, you know, I know with uh, Chad more in the AWA and, and whatnot. So I, I didn't know if that he would go that high or not, but was, was glad to see that. I'm really interested to see uh, what Chad does with Randy Savage. I don't know how he's going to book him. Yeah, I, I agree. Mike? I mean, Savage, clearly an all-time great. To Todd's point, I was curious, just based on the individual uh, promoter's uh, personal preferences, where Savage would go. But I, I don't think anyone anyone who argues Savage going in the top three is a bad idea is probably not a aficionado of wrestling because the, the, the guy's <laughs> just – he was a wrestling machine, great on the uh, – you know, great promo guy, cl- you know, clearly able to carry a company. So uh, to me, that was another no-brainer. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. The interesting thing too about Randy Savage is I feel like more than any of our of our top three choices thus far is he's a guy that you can use in any role. If you want him to be your top baby face, he can be. If you want him to be your top heel, he can be. And uh, I, I think that that's really interesting. Um, so I'm, I'm really a fan of that choice. I think it'll be interesting to see what Chad does with him. Uh, I, I think that, you know, Chad's next choice uh, makes me think that maybe he, you know, maybe he will toy with that heel route. Could be completely wrong. Uh, but Randy Savage is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Uh, I, I've, I've always been a big fan of his. And, uh, uh, you know, I remember very clearly I was sitting in a McAllister's deli with uh, a now ex-girlfriend and a friend of mine when I got the news that he died. And I was very, very uh, very sad about that. Um, it was, it, it put a pall on the day. Um, and it's the reason that relationship didn't last. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I had nothing to do with that. But, <laughs> but anyway, uh, on to our next choice. The first surprise, in my opinion, of the yeah, draft came yeah. early, uh, as Corey took within his number four and five pick because they were doing a snake draft. Uh, Ricky and Robert, the rock and roll express. I'll just start this one off. I thought it was a really interesting choice. I mean, I think if you're going to build your, um, fed, maybe around tag team action what better tag team to go with in a lot of ways than the rock and roll express, because it gives you the opportunity to have a team that, uh, you know, you can really build some interesting stuff with storyline wise without necessarily having that top tier competitor, because let's face it, there are better tag teams in legends of wrestling than the rock and roll express. And that's not to say that the rock and roll express aren't an all time great tag team and a headline tag team, but stat wise, if you're looking at them, they're not going to win every match. You know, they're not the road warriors for instance. So it is kind of interesting, um, 
to, to use them maybe as that foundation. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll get a word with Corey and, and, and see what he thinks, but I, I'm curious as to, as to know kind of, you know, where he might go, uh, with that. I'm sure we'll, we'll hear a lot on Uncharted. And, and just to give some clarification, as far as the road warriors, a couple guys, um, were designated as not draftable, including the road warriors. They were put in as touring attractions, uh, so that's why they were not available. And as we're kind of going through, you won't see Hawk and Animal being chosen. So, uh, you know, it's the Road Warriors, uh, Abdul, Andre the, Butcher, the Giant. Yeah. And uh, Andre the Giant, I think, were the ones that uh, were, were put in as touring attractions. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, your thoughts on Ricky and Robert going so early? I, I mean, I feel like I'm going to be Mel Kiper Jr. now for, for a second, but the, totally, uh, you know, overdrafted this, you know, reach, total reach pick. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I, I understand what Corey's getting at here, but I think, you know, in terms of the other value that's sitting on the board right now, I think he could have he could have helped his roster out a little bit and gotten the Rock and Roll Express a little later. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think he could have gotten. Uh, I, I was really expecting first round to really just be kind of solidifying the main event. So, who are the major players that you're going to have in in the promotions like main event singles run? So, I was very surprised. I think we were even talking about the tag team rules, and then I quote, threw it back to Corey, expecting you know not a tag team. He's like, nope, I'm taking a tag team, taking the Rock and Roll Express, which really surprised me. Right, because it's worth noting here that the I rules mean, I, were that if you picked a guy in a tag team, your very next pick would be that guy's tag team partner. Right, there were a couple right. of exceptions because there are a couple right. wrestlers, obviously, who you know fill both singles and tag team roles, and you could choose to pick them only as a single. But uh, yeah, in this case, it, it solidified that his first two choices were these guys. Yeah. Well, well to me, the the irony is is if you take if you look at Corey's fifth round picks, and if you put them in the first round. And you put these guys in the fifth round, nobody would have said anything. But, but you know, because you know, in the fifth round, he picks, uh, I think it was Ed Strangler, Ed Strangler Lewis, and I think the great Gama. Am yeah, I remembering yeah, that correctly? Right, I, right. I think he picked them in the fifth round. We were two clear main eventers, right? And granted, they're vintage guys, which, you know, some people love, some people, you know, don't want to book, you know, like it's, it's sort of one of those things. It's up to you how you feel about them. But if he'd picked those two guys early, I think people would have been like, yeah, those two guys were, you know, two of the biggest stars in wrestling, right? You know, worldwide. And so to, you know, to kind of main event, I mean, you got a great main event right there with those two to have picked the rock and rolls, you know, it was sort of like you could have maybe gotten them in the fifth round. So it was sort of an odd. I don't know if they would have gone to the fifth round because yeah, the, the tag teams are at a premium. But yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe like by like the third, they might have still been right. there, I would think. Yeah. Maybe, maybe correct. Maybe not the maybe not quite the fifth, but 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 you know certainly um, you know I think that I think you could argue first round was a reach. Yeah, you know it almost reminded me in a way that because I agree with your assessment that it could be a reach, but it also was a little reminiscent of when you're doing the fantasy football draft and you got that one guy that decides to choose a quarterback when everybody else is going wide receivers or running yeah. backs in their yes. first round, and it's like, oh man, now you ruined it for all. You know, it's like we, we you know, nobody was going to choose a quarterback until the third round, but now you just you did it, and you know, now we got to all choose the quarterback next time around. <laughs> oh, so you know, I, I I let people just 
just choose their quarterbacks, get it out of their system, and that means just more better running backs and receivers for me. That's that's the way I look at it on a fantasy draft. But <laughs> sure, yeah, it, I haven't done it in so long, but uh, it, it did make me think of that a little bit. Uh, getting that tag team off the board so early, and and, and one thing that I will say too, just knowing Corey's. Um, you know, kind of booking stuff from reading his USWA Fed over on the boards is that he does such a wonderful job of taking talent that might not necessarily be viewed stat wise or whatever as being, you know, the, 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 the top tier and making them interesting and using them in interesting ways that are true to their characters that are true to, to who they are. You know, we're talking about a guy who's had like you know, Jimmy Valiant and Kevin Sullivan and Bill Dundee as his, you know, his heavyweight champs. And it's like those three guys in most other feds aren't winning the big belts, you know, but because of the way he uses them, the way he positions them and and the way that he tells stories with them, it really has me interested to see what he's going to do with Ricky and Robert. Uh, this takes us on to Chad's pick uh, in, in the round for number six. That was Magnum TA, which is the reason why I mentioned earlier that I thought maybe Savage would be playing that heel role as Magnum TA would be a great, you know, kind of lead baby face uh, or at least, you know, upper, you know, upper card baby face. Mike, thoughts on Magnum TA? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, again, I think that, you know, some people would argue, oh, there's these other people on the board. I see where he's going with it to your point that he's got Savage. This is a, a great foil you know, for Savage, the baby face, um, you know, that Magnum TA was, you know, I, like I said, people could argue, oh, I'd prefer, you know, X person or or Y, you know, whether it's, you know, oh, you know, you still have Dynamite Kid on the board or you still have George Hackenschmidt or Frank Gotch, you know, Stan Hansen. You can make some arguments over different people who have different styles that they prefer. But there, I mean, it's hard to argue that, you know, this is you've got a ready made made event there with Savage and, and Magnum TA. Absolutely. Todd. Yeah, I mean, uh yeah, talking baby face, that's you know, that's your big baby face right there, uh, for the promotion. There's a couple of guys he has in later rounds that I could see being heel or babyface kind of similar to savage and yeah. kind of like which way are they going to take it with ta you know there's there, there's no argument you know he, he he's he's your big baby face so i i guess that was an important one to get there and uh yeah i think it, that that'll be interesting to see you know is he really you know how good does he stack up against the rest of the guys in the promotion and is he going to be that top guy or is he going to be kind of holding uh you know a, you know a, a, a lower down position but still being a big fan favorite yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how you know Chad decides to use him. I, I think that it, you know he kind of uh, w- when you're putting tiers together, uh, you know Buddy Rogers, Jack Briscoe, Randy Savage, you know these two other guys that we're going to talk about here in a second. I think could easily, well, at least one of them could easily fit on that top tier. Magnum TA is an interesting piece of this equation because I feel like his card is designed such to represent you know who he really was while also maybe having a little bit of that potential thrown in there too. Um, Because, you know, it's been, it's been basically taken as fact that where he was going after this was going to be main event was going to be NWA world heavyweight champion. And so it's, it's one of those things where you've got an opportunity to really kind of play, play with some things and and use him in a way that might represent, you know, what could have been, um, you know, as opposed to what was. So I look forward to seeing what Chad does with him. Um, next up, Tim picked, uh, a guy who is easily top tier. I, I mean, one of the best cards in all of legends of wrestling, as far as I'm concerned. And that of course is Harley race. Todd thoughts on Harley race. 
I mean, you, you said before, you know, he, you know, Tim's going the pure wrestler, you know, kind of a little tough guy route there. And uh, I mean, you, you can't get better than Harley race for that. Uh, really? Again, again, I guess a guy, you know, probably playing, playing the main heel role, I would assume. I know he has played baby face, I believe a little bit here or there, but I, I definitely have to say he's going to be uh, the big heel uh, facing off against Jack Briscoe is kind of where I'm seeing things go. Yeah, absolutely. Mike. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's 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 a it's a great pick, great value. I mean, to, to get him, you know, number seven overall, I think is you know, fantastic uh, mm-hmm. pick by by Tim. I think you know, to, to what you were saying earlier, you know, we could talk about this as as building a Fed or a fantasy draft. You know, whether you're wrestling to win or wrestling, you know, picking you know a roster to to build a Fed. Either way, Harley Race is a great pick. You know, like Magnum TA, I think fills the, um, you know, I think I would pick Harley race over Magnum TA if I was booking to, to win. Um, but if I, if I'm uh, drafting a team to win, but if I'm drafting a team to book, I see why Magnum TA was the pick, but here, it, either way you look at it, uh, Harley race is a fantastic pick for 10. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that Harley race is, is, is again, just a great pick here, a wonderful foil potentially for Jack Briscoe, um, which was Tim's other first round pick. So I think that you've got right away, you know, these two poles to kind of, you know, build your, your, your fed around. And, and, and I just, uh, I look forward to seeing what he does uh, not only with race, but just with the two of them specifically and, and how that might uh, work out. Uh, Stu's next pick, the eighth pick overall of round one, since they were doing the snake draft here, uh, was Jim Londos. Uh, interesting pick. Uh, I, I feel like uh, this pick might be a little undervalued by you guys, so I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Mike, I'll start with you. Uh, I'm going to go. This is a reach. Uh, I, I think Jim Londos would have been there. Now, I, I will say that with the full knowledge that Stu is a huge Jim Londos mark. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but to me, when you have you know, dynamite kid, you have, you know, depending on what style you, again, you're looking for, you've got Barry Windham, Johnny Valentine, uh, Bruiser Brody's out there, Stan Hansen, Vader. Um, You've got, you know, depending on whether you want a heel or a face, there's lots of different options still out there for you. And I just, to me, again, I love Stu and I know he loves his Jim Londos with his nog, but um, you know, it was just, to me, it, you know, I have you know, Jim Londo somewhere in, in the 30s if I'm picking, you know, guys. Like, I'd have him somewhere down there. So, to me, out of the 100 and I think, what was it, 160 or so picks that they had, 159, whatever it was, um, you know, I, I would I would have Jim Londo somewhere in the 30s, which is still a, an upper-end wrestler, but not worthy of a first-round pick in my opinion. That's that's fair. That's fair. Todd, your thoughts? I mean, I got to echo a lot of what uh, Mike says there. I mean, I know Stu is looking for his big baby face to kind of go against uh, Buddy Rogers, and I, I did Lando's huge baby face. Uh, again, I, a lot of times when I'm going to a fantasy draft, it, you know, part of it is like, yeah, you have your favorites, but you also kind of kind of think, you know, where you can get value. It's like, okay, you know probably kind of going up against the rest of the guys, he probably would have been safe, like waiting a little bit longer and maybe picking up somebody else that was maybe higher in the list. Although I think, you know, it's like, I, I think he probably could have gotten Barry Windham who went the pick before 
his next one. Uh, right. uh, yeah, I, I think he very well could have gotten the, you know that him there or, or someone else that maybe could have helped and then waited a little bit on Londos. That would have been the the, the, the strategy I would have went with, but you know everybody's everybody's different. Sure. Yeah, it, it is an interesting choice. You know, the one thing that I'll certainly give Stu is that you know there were a lot of promotions that did basically build around Jim Londos, you know, sure. they, they, they built stretches of their territory around Londos's participation. So I think that, you know, historically speaking, it's, it's certainly not a bad choice by any stretch. Um, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, one thing I will kind of agree with you guys on is that I do think maybe from some modern fans eyes that it could look like, I hesitate to use this word. It could look like a little bit more of a, a boring choice or a less interesting choice perhaps than some of the other t- uh, tandems that we have already. Already here, so it'll be interesting to see what Stu decides to do with him. Um, so, wanted to cover round one, you know, in, in, in more detail. Obviously, we're not going to cover the rest of the rounds uh, like this, but uh, I just thought it might be worth kind of going into round one and taking a deep look at, at the building blocks for the promotions uh, that, that the guys went with. Um, and of course, you'll be able to see the the full draft results uh, either online uh, on the message boards, or of course, you can head over to um, Uncharted Territory episode twenty seven and listen to the whole thing, uh, which is pretty cool. But we did want to do a little bit more commentary of course on the draft itself um mike you've been talking about you know sort of value picks and reaches uh so let's go ahead and get into um your guys's analysis of that um because i know that the, the two of you have prepared some stuff mike i'll go ahead and start with you well i mean i, I think that you know again i think you have to preface this with we're, we're these guys are each drafting a fed right you know they're, they're trying to put together a, a coherent uh team of guys that, that'll all work together and, and you need main eventers mid card and you need your enhancement or lower uh, card guys. So, so there's a certain element of, you have to understand that they're trying to tell a story and you have to go with it. That being said, you know, I think there are certain guys you could say, well, why'd you pick them there? I think, um, you know, just starting with, uh, with, with Chad, I think he had, uh, you know, a couple fantastic picks. I think he got, you know, Nick Bockwinkle in round five and, and Vader in round six. I mean, to me, to get those guys at that level who I would put, you know, depending on who you're talking to, you know, top 10 kind of guys in and you're getting them at pick, you know, 10 to to 12. I think that's a pretty good value uh, yeah. for, for those guys. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Pick 20 through 24, rather, um, to, to get top 10 guys that who are main eventers that far down the draft is, is an absolute uh, bonanza. I don't know, Todd, how do you feel about those guys? Yeah. I mean, Vader went at, uh, what is this? Uh, 42, no, sorry, 43 overall, which I, when we were kind of going through it, I'm like, how is he still sitting out there? And maybe the, the thought was, you know, he's maybe a little too dominant or, or whatnot. And maybe it'd be hard to kind of book him in a coherent way. But I mean, to me, it's like, Oh, you know, he's such a big, a big star there. And actually you saw it uh, you know, afterwards that we can get into a little bit. He was traded for someone higher up in the draft. And so that de- Chad definitely got a lot of value out of him. I mean, I, I can't really argue too much with any of the picks in the first six rounds for Chad. Uh, yeah. That's what I can say. I think yeah. And, and he got, and he got Kurt Henning too. I forgot yeah, about Kurt Henning, he got yeah. Kurt Henning in round five. So I mean, that's, 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 that's and, and another great Nick, value. And how Nick Bockwinkle was still there in round five, you know, and, and Chad took him then. I was like, how how is he still there? I, I, that was one guy I was, I was sure that was going to go in the first Top 10 rounds. guy. 
clear top 10 guy who he gets late late like that is just amazing. I would argue there is another guy who went even later that I would have picked potentially number one or number two easily. We'll we'll get to that in a second. But I will say, just to piggyback on your comments uh, there, Todd, that I do feel like Chad did draft very, very well um, in in those early rounds. And even throughout, as far as building an interesting um, roster. And that's not to say that there aren't interesting rosters uh, abounding, because there are, uh, which is just a testament to the depth of the game in general, which I think this whole draft is is a testament to the depth. But that uh, it's a very interesting looking lineup um, that, that he has. So I, I'm you know interested to see what he's going to do uh, with the talent. But again, you know, to, to your point, yeah, getting Bachwinkle uh, that late and then getting Vader that late and then having Vader pay off in the trade for Barry Windham. Um, yeah, it, it's just smart stuff. Well, well, now on the flip side, Chad made a few decisions that I think I might quibble with a little bit. Um, you know, it, it's funny. I, I, I did talk to Chad a little bit about some of what he was thinking, but, you know, getting, uh, I think, Mr. Electricity, Stephen Regal in uh, round seven and then Rick McCord and Alexis Smirnoff in round eight. I know what he was what he's doing with them. But again, we look at some of the other names still on the board at that point, And you just have to say. You know, couldn't you have gotten those guys a little bit later and still, you know, you know, accomplish what you're trying to do? Um, but but those those would be some guys I thought he reached on a little bit. But I, mean, but I think it's a testament to, to Chad that, that we're not talking about a reach before round seven. Right. Exactly. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Very good point. Um, so going on, I, I guess now to uh, to Corey um, thoughts about value picks for him. I mean, I'll, I'll start off. I mean, uh, two guys who were just kind of hanging out there forever, and he got them uh, with picks in, uh, let's see, what rounds was it? Round 13 and round 14, getting George Hackenschmidt and Frank Gotch that late. I mean, I was I was floored that they were still out there. And, you know, getting both those guys, you know, within a couple picks of each other was was great. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I think, you know, he got Gama and, and Ed Lewis in round five, and then he yep. goes back to them in round 13, 14. To me, that, again, not to pick on Stu, but that sort of, you know, you know, you have the vintage guys who are clearly slipping in the draft, you know, beyond where their stats might indicate they should go. Um, you know, to me, you know, but, but getting them, uh, those guys, to me, th- those are the top four vintage guys I think we have. And he got them, you know, Rounds five, thirteen, and fourteen. I mean that that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I you know it is interesting to think about the vintage guys and where they did fall in this draft. And I think that kind of going back to what I was saying about Jim Londos about maybe from you know putting together a, a, a Fed that that might not necessarily look modern, as in you know a twenty twenty one Fed, but a Fed that maybe appeals to modern eyes. You're probably looking at a Fed that's going to resemble professional wrestling from the seventies through the nineties. You know, fall somewhere in through there. And a lot of our vintage guys don't necessarily you know click in that respect and i've seen them used that way before i feel like i've even successfully used them that way before you know i was using frank gotch in my original legends fed you know in that respect but but i i think that um it is interesting just to see where they where they fall on and and also to know you know that that when i say a less interesting pick this is no disrespect you know i mean the 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 fact of the matter is is that londos and hackenschmidt and gotch and you know these guys were drawing 
huge houses and they were and they you know ed strangler lewis was a huge name i mean we're talking about guys that uh uh you know could compete easily for for notoriety with any wrestler anytime anywhere you know and and their skill in the ring is undeniable uh but yeah to to have those guys still out there at such a late stage is interesting uh what about um what about the uh, the the reaches for Corey? We already talked about the Rock and Roll Express, obviously. <laughs> well, I, I think that's the big one. I, I think if you look at it, I mean, Corey Corey has a you know an interesting draft. Like you can see what he's trying to accomplish in many ways. But that the, those two, I thought were, you know, I mean, I, I guess we could quibble about Al Snow in round eight, you know, in round uh, twelve or whatever it was that he picked, or eight, I guess it was that he picked Al Snow. Um, but for the most part, with with Corey, he had some interesting picks. Um, but I think that the, the rock and roll express would be the one that stands out to me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll say yeah, yeah, with, with picking the rock and roll express early on, you know, I was expecting a lot more kind of main eventers in the next couple rounds. Uh, I mean, he did pick up, uh, Barry Windham and Tully Blanchard in there, which, you know, pretty solid guys. But then after that in rounds three and four, there's a couple other mid carters that, you know, I was like, uh, you know, Bob Orton, Bob Jr. Orton. Yeah. Bob yeah. Jr., Adrian Adonis, Manny Fernandez, and then the Sandman, which which floored me when I heard that one. But yeah, it was like a lot of the kind of interesting, different mid card guys, but didn't really have the main event guys. I was a little surprised by that. Yeah, I, I, I almost want to like play it the other way with him versus Chad. I thought Chad's first you know few rounds where you you couldn't really argue with much of what Chad was doing. You might have a difference of opinion on a guy, but he, all his guys were in the right tier. Corey went the other way the first two rounds. It seemed like his tears were a little off. Then later he may, sort of makes up for with some of these picks like we talked about. But uh, also got the Vashans yeah. kind of late. Right, yeah. got the Vashans late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but it was, so, and, so and I thought Corey did a great well. job late. Yeah, yeah. Corey was he did a great job getting value late. I just thought that he reached early. You know, whereas Chad, I, you know, I think that that was sort of the difference between the two of them. Yeah. Um, you know, moving on to, to Stu, I think that, you know, when it comes to value, I don't know if there is a higher value pick when you consider when and where it went than Luthez going in round nine. No, I mean, he got, I think that, you know, what, what some people would argue is the greatest heavyweight champ of all time in round nine. And he got what many people would argue is the greatest light heavyweight uh, champion in round 12 with Danny Hodge. I mean, right. you know, he, he got two great, all, you know, all time greats really late. Um, you know, I mean, to me, I, you know, I think that, you know, we talked about Buddy Rogers being a great value at number one, you know, the, the, he's in that tier of guys that you would pick there. But I mean, you could have picked Luthez number one and I don't think anyone would have argued with you. No. Um, so, to, so to get him in the ninth round is, I mean, again, I get, you know, sort of the whole argument about Vader, a guy who's, you know, going to be, you know, a really dominant guy. So how do you book him? But uh, that's a nice problem to have, yeah. uh, getting Luthez in round nine. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And it's interesting to see the choices that he made before he got to Luthez. You know, obviously we talked about Buddy Rogers and Jim Londos, but it's worth noting that, you know, there are some names that are awesome names like Johnny Valentine, for instance, or he went with the Fantastics and, and the Sheep Herders for tag teams. But he was also picking names like, you know, Tiger Conway Sr. and Tiger Conway Jr. He was picking Greg Valentine, Jackie Fargo to crush her. You know, it's like he picked some names that that I don't think anybody would necessarily, you know, jump to and be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I, that guy goes before Luthez. No, no, great point. I mean, I, I think he he had a few that 
I mean, some guys who I really like, but who I'm going that early, you know, like, I don't know. But then he gets Luthez in the you know ninth round. I mean, pretty amazing. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, we already talked about, you know, reaching with with Th- uh, Londos uh, in, in round one. Uh, there was another interesting one uh, that you pointed out. Uh, why don't you tell us about that one? Yeah, so, the, so the same round that Luthez was taken in round nine. On the other side, Stu took a name that I was not expecting to be drafted. And that was Rock Riddle. Um, now, I guess, you know, interesting character. I think, uh, you know, the guys met him out there were very uh you know enjoyed enjoyed meeting rock but i was not expecting to see uh, rock riddle taking that that high and it's again right after the the heels of luthez uh that one was it was definitely a surprise pick yeah and, and and i think you could throw in you know mike DiBiase. you know i think he got him in round 11 i mean yep. again you know that, that not nothing against iron mike i think he's you know fantastic but you know, in his next pick, he gets Danny Hodge. I'm saying, I'm, I don't know. I, 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 again, I understand you're trying to put together a whole um, roster and, and you have different things you want to do with different guys. But uh, to me, you know, I, I mean, good good for getting Danny Hodge. But how were you picking Iron Mike DiBiase before Danny Hodge? I guess <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's go on to Tim. Uh, value picks for Tim. Well, you know, it's funny. We talked earlier about how Stu is a uh, a huge um, Jim Londo's mark, and you know, so pick he kind of overdrafted him a little bit. Um, whereas Tim did, you know, the opposite. I mean, I, one of his big favorites that I've known for years uh, was uh, Don Morocco, and he winds up getting Morocco in the tenth round, I think it was. Which, again, you know, value wise, I think you know Morocco's a you know kind of a twenties maybe you know, low thirties kind of pick and to get him, you know, somewhere in the late thirties, 40 kind of range is, is a pretty, pretty real good value for a guy who, who's pretty versatile. He can do some tag, you know, obviously had a great singles run, um, face heel, obviously primarily heel, but could do both. Um, you know, very versatile, great, great pick there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it is a good pick. It, you know, and I, there's a part of me that, you know, if you didn't know that Tim was a fan of that guy, I feel like maybe that 10 is not necessarily too deep for him to go. Um, just because there are other people that you might want to put ahead of that and prioritize ahead of that when you're kind of I, building I, I, a promotion. I, I, I'm sorry, but I'd have picked him over, I'd have picked Don Rock over Rock Riddle. I'm just not, I'm just going to go. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a favorite, you have a favorite rock there, I guess. Uh, I, lo- I, I, I like Rock Riddle, but, but I, He's not that I'd have picked. I mean, you know, <laughs> twice on Sundays kind of thing. Sure. Any day of the week, twice on Sundays, I'd have picked that Morocco. Well, it's interesting because, I, you know, I'm going to jump real quick ahead to, to one of the reaches that you put down for Tim, and that was Bob Roop. And I, you know, I don't know if I agree with that. And here's the reason why. At this point, Tim had picked 10 other guys already. And when you're, and when you're kind of putting that promotion together and you're thinking about the, the roles that you want to fill and the roles that he has already filled with guys like Jack Briscoe, Harley Race, Bob Armstrong, Ted DiBiase, the Valiant Brothers, Steve Williams, the Destroyer, Gerald Briscoe, Mass Superstar. Like, to me... Picking a guy like Bob Root as, as your 11th overall pick actually kind of makes sense because he fits a really unique spot 
on your roster that I think mixes well with those other guys. And, in, and especially if you think of maybe him as a foil for a guy like Bob Armstrong or, you know, or even like Steve Williams or, or maybe a potential partner for Steve Williams or whatever. I mean, there's just a lot of interesting roles that I think he could fill that makes sense to me that he would go 11. Yeah, he definitely fits the motif of uh, of Tim's uh, uh, promotion here. You know, very much old school wrestling. I think he does fit that really well. Uh, could he maybe have gotten him a little later? Yeah, I think probably. He probably could have. Yeah, that's that's, that's yeah, a fair I mean, assessment. And I, 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 I mean, I'm a big fan of Bob Roop. I think that um, you know, I'm, you know, I, I think that to Todd's point, I think he could have got him a little later. That that that's the deal there. It's not that he's a bad pick. It's not that he's a bad fit. I think, you know, could you have gotten him a little later than, than round six is the question. That is strategery far beyond my comprehension. No, um. <laughs> but, but I got to tell you, he had one other pick that I, that I was like, I was stunned by the value that he got for, and then he turned around and traded him for somebody who was drafted even later, which I, no, I no, he, I think he drafted earlier. Was no, he was drafted no. earlier than that. I thought, I thought, I thought he dealt Kowalski for somebody uh, who no. was, you know, he drafted for Larry Henning. Larry Henning, Stu got in the eleventh round, and uh, oh, did he? Well, I, I still would have taken Kowalski over Henning. But anyway, oh, yeah, that's yeah. me. To me, Kowalski to me, went Kowalski, to the fourteenth. To, to, to Kowalski going in the fourteenth round was a huge, huge get. I mean, he is. Sure. I think Kowalski is just a giant. I mean, he's he's a tag wrestler. He's he, you could have him as a singles guy. If you've got a big baby face, he's a great. You know, you know guy you can run a program with uh, as a heel um to me that that was great value at 14 getting killer kowalski yeah, yeah. And another one that wasn't on the list i provided but I, I commented on it during the draft as well was uh terry gordy in the ninth round since he already had dr death and they weren't you know a paired tag team this gives a lot more you know, options uh for dr death you know you could have that that big tag team with the two of them together as a, as a possibility, you know, when the road warriors uh, come into town, that might be a, you know, a nice, a nice challenge uh, right there. Miracle violence connection. I like it. Right. (laughs) Um, You know, another, another pick that I would say is definitely a value is that Stu uh, got blackjack Mulligan in the 14th round. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think especially based off of kind of like you were just saying earlier about picks that went earlier, there are a lot of names that went earlier than Blackjack Mulligan that I think if I was building a promotion, like again, Blackjack's such a great guy to bring in because he can fit, he can fill so many roles, you know, babyface, heel, you know, uh, power guy, tag team guy. Like there's a lot of roles that that guy can fill. And so um, I thought that that was a good get for, for that late into the draft. Yeah, actually, that was one of Stu's best rounds because he, he got uh, Larry Zabisco on, with his second pick in the 14th round. So to me, that was a that was a great round for Stu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, so let's let's move on in, in our analysis here and uh, talk briefly just about, you know, who we think the best pick overall might have been. Hmm. Todd, I'll I mean, start with you. That's tough. <laughs> i mean uh, part of me i'm thinking vader you know the combination of picking vader in round six and then trading him for a second round pick in and barry windham uh to me that that gets one of my top selections right there 
a really good point, Mike. Yeah, I mean, if I'm just gonna, uh, Todd's got a great point about Vader. I, I agree with everything you just said. If I'm just looking at somebody who, where they were drafted versus where their value was, I, I mean, I think I got to go with Lufez, Lufez round nine. I mean, that, that that's that's. I mean, you got a top five guy that you got in the ninth round. I mean, to me, that's you know, I mean, I I, pro- I would argue top top five is being you know sort of conservative with Lufez to get him to at that point in the draft is amazing. Yeah, I completely agree. That would be my, that would be my pick as well. So, so, so I'll forgive Stu for the Londo smart pick and, 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 and give the kudos <laughs> on, on the best, but eggnog cheers to everyone. Um, so we've kind of gone over our surprises, you know, missed opportunities, that sort of thing. Uh, let's now just talk about overall roster depth. Um, you know, when you're looking at the rosters, and kind of comparing them, you know, does one jump out to you as being sort of like, that's, that's the best roster to really build a promotion around. Uh, those are the guys that are really going to be the most interesting. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Uh, you know, it's interesting because you could see each guy's style in this, you know, that, that they each had, um, you know, their, their own plan and the way they wanted to do it. I think, Top to bottom, though, I mean, that's a real good question. Um, Right now, I'd say I'd probably um, probably looking that that that, you know maybe Chad, Um, but it's 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 really tight though. I think I don't know, Todd. What do you think? I mean, I, I'm definitely leaning uh, uh, Chad there. I mean, he's got probably two of my favorite tag teams uh, with the uh, Bulldogs and the Midnight Express in there, kind of leading the tag team uh, race. Uh, you know, a couple other nice you know options for tag teams throughout there as well. Uh, but the top of the card, you got Randy Savage, Magnum TA, Bruiser Brody, and Stan Hansen, who we haven't even talked about yet, but those right. guys are on his <laughs> roster too. You know, that's a so that's a great, you know, possible feud or, you know, other opponents for uh, some of those guys. Uh, Bockwinkle, Henning. Henning, Wyndham. Uh, Wyndham, yep, the and then Wyndham in the trade. Uh, also, you know, a couple other guys that could be nice, you know, mid-carter, upper mid-carters. You got Shane Douglas late. Um, and let's see, am I missing anybody else? And the spoiler, too, which could just, could be a very interesting uh, oh, totally. addition and, and as well. And Ivan Koloff, who's a great heel to have. <laughs> You know, and also like went he, fairly deep when you think about it. Yeah, ninth round he, pick, Koloff could have gone much earlier. Yeah, no, I mean, so so to me, I'd say that just you know, looking at it, you know, he has if I, just on paper, if you want to say who has the most talent on their roster, it it, it might be him. But you know, I mean, it, it'll be very interesting because each of the other guys, you can see what their what their plan was in many ways i mean tim in particular i think you look at his roster yeah. you, it, it's very um it, it's very tim um you know the, the picks so it, i think they each drafted some guys that you know they can really work with and so it'll be interesting to see kind of the creative direction yeah i you know it's funny because it, it was it's very difficult for me to pick one but one of the things that i couldn't help but do was kind of in my own head assign like an analogous like historical booker to their rosters that just made sense for me and so you know for um (laughs) for for chad i i saw kind of like you know 
80s NWA Dusty Rhodes. Like that's that's a roster that he would have had a lot of fun with. Maybe a Bill Watts, but like that was kind of like that was what I was going with there. For Corey, I couldn't help but see Paul Heyman, ECW. Like these are kind of like these are kind of like some guys that that are proven commodities mixed with a lot of guys that you know other people might look at and be like, really, you went with you went with that guy in the third round? You went with you know and 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 just kind of like making that stew work. Um, no pun intended. Uh, with stew, I couldn't help but look at it as maybe being like kind of a um you know a, a Jim Cornette like like taking these names again some proven commodities some 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 names that you get some depth out of some you know some tag teams just just kind of you know really kind of using that sort of old school you know uh, uh, wrestling as you remember it and the way you like it, you know, as the, as the tagline for Smoky Mountain used to be that, that kind of fed. And then when I, when I look over and I see, you know, Tim's, it's just sort of like, you know, maybe that's more of like a, you know, an Eddie Graham, you know, kind of like Florida being, you know, very focused on the sport of professional wrestling, you know, the scientific wrestling that took place in Florida while also having plenty of room for some of that wild, crazy out of the ring stuff that you were going to get from a guy like, you know, Pampero Furpo or Ox Baker or, you know, so, so, was just it was interesting to kind of see the way that my brain made those rosters fit and and kind of find an you know historical uh um perspective on it but uh not that that's what any of those guys had as their influence whatsoever that's just kind of where my mind went when i was looking at it if i had to single one out i might actually i might i might go with tim just because i really like the roster that he's put together um i really love the names that he's got there and 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 being able to kind of lead things off with jack briscoe and harley race just tells me i think a lot about what kind of fed to expect um and 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 i'm definitely you know i'm i'm Again, it's hard to pick because then I think about the others and I'm just sort of like, well, I'm, I'm here for all of it, you know? Well, and, so, and, go ahead, Todd. I was going to say, if it's a shoot like gang war, I'm probably going with Tim's Fed. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the other thing I, I wanted to hit on real quick before, before we wrap it up, uh, Sam, is just some of the guys who didn't get drafted. Sure. And, 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 and I think a lot of them you could, you know, it's sort of, you know, eye of the beholder, right? You know, what, what role did you see for a Val Venus, right? Or a, uh-huh. you know, a, a, you know, if you're not doing a lot of cruiserweight stuff, you know, Juventud Guerrera, how do you use, it, right? You know, like, so I, I get like some of these picks, why some of these guys didn't make it, you know, Hillbilly Jim, that's sort of like, you know, how did you feel about somebody, you know, Brutus Beefcake. But, but the two that stood out to me is the big, the big ones. And it, it was the Barbarian, not getting drafted to me because he's such a versatile player, you know, as a, you know, he, he, he's an interesting character. He could be a tag team guy. He could be a singles guy. You know, there's a lot you could do with him. And then the other one that I was, you know, again, style question to some degree, but again, versatile player, tag team wrestler, uh, singles, uh, guy, Kip James. Um, hmm. you know, those, those were kind of the two that I went, Hmm when they weren't drafted. Cause I could see a lot of different uses for them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, those, those are two really good points, especially you know, with barbarian, because I think that, you know, there are a lot, like I said, there's a lot of roles that he could fill and, uh, and, and fill well. And, and, you know, and, and, and there are a lot of people he could match up with either singles or tag um, that, that would be really interesting to see, you know, worth noting, by the way, well, I didn't mention this earlier. I meant to mention this about Chad's roster is that he's got the midnight express and the British bulldogs, which is, you know, kind of a, a fantasy, you know, booking for, for, for ages. And, and it would be really interesting to, uh, to see what he does with them uh, if he matches them up. Um, 
You know, another thing we didn't mention too is that enhancement talent was something else that they did decide to uh, also draft and uh, and managers as well, right? And, and managers as well, um, which adds a whole other you know layer to this to this cake that they're they're, they're baking. Um, you know, I think that with with the enhancement talent, you know, it's just sort of like it's just good to have those guys there. Um, but we'll see what they kind of you know do with those specific choices that they made. Uh, and then, of course, with the managers, I mean, I'm fascinated by some of these choices. Actually, <laughs> how, how Bobby Heenan and Jimmy Hart were the last two, I was shocked. But, right? I mean, yeah, uh, that that surprised me. And yeah, Chad going with uh, Francine and Sherry Martell and not taking Heenan, you know, with with uh, Bach- Bachwinkle. Yeah. I I was very surprised with that. Now he mentions, oh, he well, you almost think, you almost think he's going to do you, you almost think he's going to do a face Bachwinkle. Oh well, right, yeah, but, I right. definitely hinted you, you at know, that. Like, yeah, <laughs> right. Because if you, if, if you're going to do a heel Bachwinkle, you know why not have Bobby? Yep, sure. Yeah, I, I I think that that's the most exciting thing about this entire draft is just that I'm very excited to see what each individual promotion shapes up to be, uh, you know, what it looks like, what, you know, what we're going to get uh, from, you know, from these guys and the choices that they've made. And again, it just proves the depth of the overall legends of wrestling lines roster that there's, I mean, we're talking about what 128 names, um, not counting the prelims or the managers that were drafted. And, and, and that's over four different promotions. And, they're all unique. They're, they've all got some depth. You've all got like top tier guys. You've got some mid card guys. You've got tag teams. It's just, it's fascinating. It's invigorating. I know for a lot of folks who've already been talking about it on the boards. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see where they go from here. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm really excited. Uh, I know that I think they're planning a, uh, eight man tournament, uh, in Rio de Janeiro for the, uh, first, uh, championship. Uh, so I'm excited to see who gets selected for that. And then, you know, who, who becomes that first touring champion, uh, for these promotions, you know, where, you know, who they kind of protect, I guess, and don't want in there versus guys who they want in there. It'll be really interesting to see how those selections go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike, any, any other things to add uh, as we wrap up our draft analysis? No, I just think it's a lot of fun. I think it was great listening to the guys go through the exercise. I think it's really, really neat to see, you know, sort of their styles and who they picked. And and I'm, I'm uh, as Todd said, I'm really excited to see, you know, kind of and you said what 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 they come up with out of this. So it's it's uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to pivot to you, Todd, as as we wrap this up as well. Uh, do you want to preview any of the upcoming sort of crossover segments that we might be doing uh, as relates to the the Legends of Wrestling draft and and where the promotions go from here over on Uncharted territory? Uh, yeah, well, we're we're still kind of figuring a couple of those details out there. I'm sure. Uh, there will be, you know, some crossover episodes, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure we'll have those guys on, on here at one point. As well, they, they, they can defend themselves stuff. if we, if nothing else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we'll, yeah, I'm sure we'll be back on there. I think we're, we're looking to maybe do some type of a supplemental draft or some, something else like that after the uh, next 
there's uh, Trago set is out. Uh, so we'll, yeah, well, there'll be some other things that we'll be doing crossing over as we go ahead. You know, nothing ready to announce yet, but uh, I'm just saying, again, I'm sure we'll be kind of seeing each other pop up on uh, on each other's podcasts here a little bit more as we go forward. Absolutely. Well, in the words of one of the greatest of all time, podcast extraordinaire, they're giving us the go home cue. And uh, I think that we have more than done this draft uh, justice with our in-depth analysis. Uh, and uh, it's been an eventful evening. Uh, we, we've, we've dropped some news. We've talked some upcoming releases. Um, but I think it's, it's about time for us to uh, get that three count in. Todd, anything left to add as we look towards the future, not only of Roll Up, but Phil Singer games in general yeah so uh yeah, next week we'll be back here we're going to do our first promoter spotlight uh will be our episode next week and uh then kind of going forward we'll uh you know we're, we're still kind of we're juggling around the uh schedule a little bit but i think we will have a uh, fun episode for the week after that we'll uh, talk a little bit about about that uh next week uh again we also have the uh big pre-order day on um May 7th. So uh, we, I think that that episode after that will be uh, really exciting, breaking down some of the big news uh, coming out of there. Uh, in the meantime, just uh, check us out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on uh, philsingergames.com and the social media. And make sure you get your vote in for the uh, Legends of Wrestling uh, Promoter Prime card for this quarter. Absolutely. Mike, anything left to add? No, I think I think I've, I've blown out the voice. I think uh, you know th- this draft really took something out of me. So I, th- I think I'll just say I'm, it was a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to talking to everybody again next week. Fantastic, excellent. Well, thank you, gentlemen. As always, it is a pleasure. Uh, I'm Sam Fain. Uh, I'm joined by Mike Molesky and Todd Gershel. It has been a fantastic time here on Roll Up. Uh, we will be coming at you again very soon, uh, of course, with the promoter spotlight, as Todd mentioned. Um, head over to the boards, vote on the Legends Prime. Um, you know, if, if you don't vote, you can't complain later. Uh, so <laughs> we thank you all so much for listening. Uh, stay tuned for more, uh, not only from us, but also from our pals over on uncharted territory and keep the dice rolling. <laughs>